What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 59 of the Yard Podcast. I'm your host, Randy. And I'm your host, Conan. And as always, we have our producer, Ray, with us. Do us a favor before we get started. Hit that subscribe, follow button, whatever podcast platform you are on. So that way you guys can catch these episodes every week. We appreciate all of our new listeners. It means a ton to us. Um, But first things first, all-star game voting has began. You can vote up to five times a day and first round of voting ends June 24th. Uh, You could get those in at mlb.com slash all dash star slash ballot. Uh, you can get your votes in for the Dodgers or anyone else that you think deserves to uh, to do it. I've always spoke out on this. I hate fan voting. Taylor or Muncy. Yep, That's I hate it. fan voting. because as, as offense the, goes. Those are the only two Dodgers I have voted in because I refuse to vote in guys who don't deserve to make it. Uh, so those two are the only two that I have voted for so far. But hey, um, I also get the Homer stuff. So if you got to vote all I of them in. I don't vote. If you got to get all of them in. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't. I wish they would take away fan, not take away fan voting. I think we should only get like 30% say, like 20 to 40% say should go to the fans and the rest should be statistics. Like that's just my thought on it. Or peer voting, like let the players vote. Uh, I think it'd be better. I just, I'm not a big fan of like when guys go into Hall of Fame and they're like, oh, he was a 13 time all-star, but it's like, okay, how many times did the fans vote that guy in to be an all-star? Cause he's popular, not cause he's a, I mean, like the one thing that'll always piss me off is Addison Russell starting that all-star game over Corey Seager because the Cubs literally their fan base blew up that entire ballot and they had eight starters at the all-star game. Uh, that made me very mad. And ever since then I've hated fan voting. So yeah, um, fuck Addison Russell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a shitty human being and not that good of a baseball player either. So, um, but no, let's get trash. Yeah, I don't even think he plays now. <laughs> let's get into <laughs> tonight's game. The Dodgers, thirty-four and twenty-five, take on the Pirates, who are twenty-three and thirty-five. Bueller has yet to take a loss on the season. He's got a two point eight two ERA with a zero point nine five WHIP, and he's got seventy strikeouts to thirteen walks. And then Brubaker from the Pirates is four and four on the season with a three point seven four ERA. 1.19 whip and 56 strikeouts to 13 walks and he is the pirates best starter this season and it's like not even close so uh this is the best arm the dodgers will see i know before the podcast you mentioned he's a sinker ball pitcher so uh just keep an eye on those ground balls yeah. and maybe the dodgers cannot hit into so many double plays it's gonna be a lot of them yeah it seems like that's been happening a lot this year um since our last recording the team has gone two and three so that kind of put a uh wrinkle in our predictions we thought they'd go three and two but we also didn't assume it would be three and two yeah yeah close yeah close but not not the easiest the second game again it was kind of like that giants game where you know they had a lot of things go wrong and they just end up losing but great defense by the cardinals you have to give them credit for that yeah, that was insane. Um, someone like said it on Twitter and I forget who it was, but they're like, you know what? Every team seems to play gold glove defense against the Dodgers. And it's like, when you play what you know is the best team in baseball, you're going to step your game up. And that's what happens when guys come to LA and just even playing on the road, it doesn't matter. Uh, Dodgers aren't playing like the best team in baseball, but when you have that much talent, everybody wants to beat you. So uh, that's what's going on right now. In their last 10, they are four and six. They are still in third place. Now they are three games back of San Francisco. Last recording, they were two games back. So not much going on there. However, they do have the second best run. Wow. The second best run differential in baseball at plus 83. Only the White Sox uh, have a higher one. I think at like plus 84, plus 85. So um, really, I'm not too worried about this team. It shows it right there. Like usually the teams with the best run differentials tend to end up on top at some point. Um, but I will say, I don't think I expected the giants to hold on this long. Uh, I really thought that they would have fallen off by this time. Uh, so I, I guess we'll just have to see what happens. Um, but yeah, Dodgers maybe start winning, start hitting. Let's make this fun again. Cause these last couple of games have just been not like not worrisome, but they've been boring as hell. Um, at least for me, I have not really enjoyed watching the Dodgers play baseball over these last handful of games. Um, but let's jump back into that cardinal series to go over that tuesday um i I really feel like there's no one to blame in this game but the offense again another great outing from the bullpen you get three runs given up from the bullpen and it's like bullpen games are always tough because you're mismatching you're working with whoever didn't pitch the night before whoever's arms are working well and it's like they they did they did all right like price was really good Uh, price wasn't too good but I don't know why he's back out there for the second inning, honestly, but. Um, Trinan's just not know. been but very again, good it, as this, of recently. It was, 
So, like, yeah, it was the offense, but at the same time, I mean, Muncie was robbed of a hit. Yeah, Lux that's true. Yeah. Mookie was then, robbed of a game-winning double, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's one of those games I that mean, it's kind of like you just, you have to tip your hat to the other team. That's kind of what yeah. it comes down to. Um, they, they played really good defense. They, O'Neal, I think it was in left field, made that catch against Mookie. And like, that was, yeah. that was crazy. I was like, oh, Mookie. Like we had just talked about how Mookie's finding it at the plate. And like, that was going to be his first big moment in front of fans at Dodger Stadium. Like he had his big moments in the World Series, obviously in the NLCS, but uh, he's yet to have that like Mookie magic moment at Dodger Stadium. And that was about to be it. That stadium was ready to pop off too. Um, so yeah. that sucked. Well, I mean, Edmund made a, he jumped yeah. super high, made the catch. Carlson ran super far to make a sliding catch, and then Tyler O'Neill ran far to catch that ball. I mean, there's really nothing you can do about it. So, as you mentioned, the the teams face, facing the Dodgers usually they show up whether they're playing well or not. So that just comes that comes with the territory when you're when you're the champion. So the Dodgers just kind of take those punches. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it really kind of just comes to the Cardinals played better baseball that day. Um, Big Ford, Jones and White all looked really good in that outing, which I was a big fan of because we just haven't had a ton of consistency. But I feel like since uh, Big Ford has been called up and since we picked up Nate Jones, they've really stepped up and done their thing. Uh, White tends to go in and out, but he did go one innings pitch and struck out three in that outing. So um, it, it it. comes down to they just they the Dodgers put the ball in play they hit the ball hard and the Cardinals played um some good defense so Beatty had a two-run home run in that game to tie it up in the bottom of the seventh and that was the only offense produced by the Dodgers that game on to the second game of the series on Wednesday we had Bueller versus Martinez and this was just a crazy crazy game not crazy game crazy inning first inning uh, Goldschmidt had a two out home run against the Cardinals to give them a one to zero lead. And he actually has 33 home runs against the Dodgers, which is the most by any active player in baseball. So Goldschmidt just absolutely owns the Dodgers, which I feel like is not a surprise to anyone. Um, and then the bottom of the first rolled around and I kind of feel like everyone knows what happened. Betts led that off with a ground rule double. Um, and they just kept going. It was capped off by a Bellinger grand slam which was actually his first home run of the season because of that whole thing that happened in Colorado where he ran past Turner. Um, So Bellinger picks up his first home run. Dodgers take an 11 to one lead. Bellinger had six RBIs in the first game, which actually matches his career high in a game. And he also became the only Dodger to knock in six plus runs in a single inning since the team moved to LA. Uh, And on top of that, the 11 runs scored is the most by the Dodgers in a regular season inning for the first time since moving to LA. Cause I'm sure everybody remembers NLCS game three, that first inning, they blew it open uh, against the Braves and scored the 11 runs, but this is the most they scored in a regular season uh, inning for the first time. So they kind of went off, seemed really good. However, that was <laughs> really all that happened from the offense in that game. Uh, bottom of the fourth, we had Bueller with a, two out double two run he knocked it two runs and then bets with an rbi base hit so dodgers took a 14 to 2 lead and then carlson had that home run in the fifth and then that was it um pretty good game a little it was a good to start off i will say i would have liked to seen a little bit more from the offense as the game went on uh versus just crushing carlos martinez but um muncie who'd been on a tear reached in 22 games straight games after his first any walk in that game so Muncie's still on his own planet doing his thing, but um, really wasn't a whole ton. I did feel really good about Mookie in this game. I, I did like seeing him swing this bat against uh, the Cardinals. So, But other than that, there wasn't really a whole ton from this game outside of that first inning. Um, yeah. Um, the, but I feel like they've, they've done this quite a bit where they score a lot yep. the first few innings and then they kind of just die out. For take the rest of the day off. <laughs> so they just sit there, just go up there, and start swinging at stuff. Doesn't really matter. They don't look like they're engaged at all. Um, uh, Abula was, he was all right. Yeah. He I mean, he wasn't great. It wasn't but... great, but so I'm going to get a lot of heat for this because there are two other games where pitchers didn't pitch all that well, but I thought they were fine. We're getting to that later, but I thought Abula was, he was all right. The eight strikeouts were very nice because he hasn't really been striking out that many people. Um, but the seven hits and two walks, and two home runs in six innings. If the game was closer, 
we'd be talking about it a lot more, but since the game was out of hand, maybe he just lost focus too and didn't really care all that much. And if that's the case, then by all means, uh, he had a good start then if that was the case. Um, I was, I did really like seeing uh, Vissier strike out the side in the ninth inning. Um, I know it was a huge lead, but like we always talk about, the young guys come in, they don't really throw strikes and they just kind of start giving up runs. But he was throwing strikes, um, pumping the fastball in there and then working with the changeup and things and the Carlos hitters just couldn't hit him. So that was nice to see. I mean, obviously he got sent down after that, but <laughs> it was still nice while he was up there. Uh, you mentioned Jones. I thought you said they did well uh, throwing the ball that game too. So good for them for finally yeah. throwing strikes. Yeah, finally uh, getting those strikes and doing what they need to do. And uh, like you had mentioned, Vesia did get sent down. And that is because on Thursday, the off day, the Dodgers activated AJ Pollock and Jimmy Nelson. So Yuseta and um, Vesia got sent down. And then, as I already said, they had an off day. So we move into Friday, the series against the Braves. Honestly, when I looked at the camera, this was one of the series I was really excited for. Cause I was like the dot. And this was before the Braves kind of had lost a ton of uh, pitching, but I was looking forward to it. I'm like, this should be a pretty good series. We have two of the best NL teams going at it. Um, and then the way that game started, I was kind of like, okay, uh, maybe the Dodgers are going to roll right through Atlanta. Obviously that's not what happened, uh, but it did in that first game, Dodgers went on to win nine to five. Urias went five innings pitched, four hits, one run, one earn, two walks, five strikeouts, and he gave up a home run. Only went 83 pitches. Um, he gave up that home run in the first inning. So the Dodgers were down early on again, which is a little bit of what we saw in that Cardinal series. And they didn't even get their first hit until the top of the fifth when Lux uh, doubled. But then doubled. again, yeah. they had another big inning. They went and scored eight runs, uh, capped off once like on again. two or three hits. So. Yeah. It was a bunch of walks. That's what it was. Yeah, like, so, we, like, so they just walked the us. The offense wasn't all that good in that game either, for being honest. They did, no. their, they did their job and took walks and then got Taylor, of course, Taylor being Taylor. But, yeah, other than that, again, there's really nothing much to show for it. Um, I, this, I knew this was going to be a tough series just because I know Atlanta's not playing well, but Ian Anderson's still a good pitcher. Charlie Morton's still a good pitcher. And Max Fried has been struggling, but we and he usually struggles against the Dodgers, but we know how the Dodgers are versus lefties. So I figured he pitched well, and he, he absolutely did do that. Um, so I knew it was going to be a bit tough on the offense, but um, it was pretty brutal, these three games. I, I can't even lie. Yeah, they were not good games at all. Um, <laughs> I mean, just to give you an idea, like we had Taylor with a one-out walk and then a Lux double, and Pollock, like the way he scores that, is an RBI fielder's choice. So it's like, okay, not even a hit there. Then the next run comes across on a Urias sack bunt where Lux bunt. is just fast as hell and beats the toss home. Yep. So again, and then it's like Pujols walk, uh, Turner walk, Bellinger walk, and then it, and then you get Smith the RBI and then you have Taylor with the bases Taylor, clearing double. Clear the bases. Yeah. His second one in the last week. And then they got the eight one lead. And then Jesus Christ, that eighth inning, uh, a little bit stressful. White had the one, two, three, seventh inning looked really good. Uh, came in for the second inning, not so great. Gave off a base, lead off base hit to Inciarte, then Acuna walk, and then Albies that two run double. Still didn't seem too bad at that point. Uh, Kelly came in to pitch with a runner on second, one out. Uh, Riley gets a base hit. Riley's been on fire, one of the best hitters in baseball as of recently. Then he gets the strikeout and he gets a fly ball that really should have ended the inning. Mm -hmm. um, I love Lux. I know you're a big fan of Lux. Sometimes I think he's trying to do too much at short and he needs to just. Like, I don't think he can hear because this that, has happened like three or four times where people are calling, but he keeps going for it. So I'm not sure if he's not hearing incorrectly. Too locked in or something. So yeah. the thing, so he, now the prior times he's made those catches, this time he hit Pollock and he slipped and dropped the ball. Uh, the third game, I'm skipping forward here, but the third game, it happened again where Turner was going out and Lux was running towards it. But I think maybe he heard Turner that time and he peeled off really quickly. So I'm not sure how, if he can't hear or what's going on, but he should, um, you know, listen out for things. Yeah. And someone, Matt Mason on Twitter actually mentioned to me, cause I had tweeted out like, I love you Lux, but that's not your ball. Like next time, let Paulette go to that. And he made the point that like, um, 
the crowd noise could have maybe been something like that. This is the largest crowd they've played in front of this year because of capacity. Um, Atlanta, I think, is at full capacity. However, full they capacity, did yeah. they did play at Minute Maid Park, which is indoors. But again, maybe this was it's a, just a different park. So not sure if maybe that had anything to do with it. It could have absolutely 100% been a reason maybe why he didn't hear Pollock. Maybe you have fans yelling, got it, got it, got it. And he's thinking it's fans, whatever the case or may be. Or maybe he's like, I'm the shortstop, I got it. Even yeah. though it's easier for Pollock. So, I mean... There are it's, those kind of unwritten rules where it's like if the center field is calling it move or if the yeah. second baseman shortstop's calling it to move, but it was definitely the easier play for Pollock. Now, I'm not sure, again, if you can't hear, or maybe he was like, oh, well, I don't want to say, but maybe he's thinking, is Pollock going to get there because of his hamstring, so let me get there true. as fast as I can. So I, I don't know, but yeah, it wasn't a good look at all. Yeah, and it, it happens. It's part of a learning curve. He's still kind of like, we know he's a shortstop, but uh, playing with the big league team is very different than what you did in the minors. So adjusting to playing with your big league outfielders and Pollock, who hasn't been there in the last couple weeks because uh, of his hamstring, like it's just, I think it's a learning curve. I don't think we'll see it continue to happen. I think we've seen Lux, like once he's kind of made a mental mistake, he doesn't seem to really make them again. He learns from them. Uh, so I am sure that would be the case here. Um, Dodgers brought in another run in the top of the ninth, which kind of felt good because it was an eight to five game, but Mookie pretty much did it all himself. He let off the yep. inning with a double and then uh, took the next two bases on wild pitches. So that was nice. And then they did go on to win. Um, something that stuck out to me in this game, like not a big deal. I tweeted about it, but Betts had a double in this one and that was his 18th double of the season which at the time, I guess I should have checked now, which I can, but at the time that was tied for the second most in baseball. And like, we've all yeah. been sitting here going, what the hell, where's Betts? What's he doing? And it's like, dude is, so now he's third well, in baseball. Those have been his only, those have been his only hits is the problem. He usually yeah, mixes home runs and singles where now it just feels like it's doubles. We're used to that's, that's kind of what I'm running into is like, Betts is still doing his double things. He's still on pace. Cause like, he's still third in baseball and Adam Frazier's first with 20 and Betts has 18. So he's right there. Um, we're just used to seeing Mookie go like two for four, three for five, four for four, yeah. or what a three yeah. for four, whatever the case. And, and so not I one think one for four with a double, yeah. Yeah, I think once kind of that gets going and there's some more consistency at the plate, we'll see the guy that uh we expect to see. But it has been a little bit of a low, uh, s slow start to the season for him. But I did that 18 double the season kind of stuck out to me like, holy crap, I didn't realize he was. I feel like he he started 2019 pretty slow too, and then the second half of 2019, he hit like 330, 340. And then last year he kind of started slow too, and then, cause, and then he got hurt, and then came back, and then that's when he started catching fire. So he usually takes a little bit of time. Yeah, I guess this like. is like the worst start of yeah. his career season wise. So again, it's uh, not even that bad. It's just it's, not Mookie Betts. It's all. It's also something I've noticed is like last season when the season started, it's the end of what July is that? I think that yeah, July. Jesus, I can't believe it. that's so crazy to think about that. This time last year we still didn't have baseball for another almost two months. Um. I think a big difference is too that we saw a lot of, first of all, they've deadened the ball a little bit. So it's not being hit nearly as hard. Like maybe that hit that he had the other night goes out in 2020. Like maybe that's a home run instead of something O'Neill catches in left field. If this is 2020, a hundred percent. And then you have to think about last year when they played, they played in the like hellish heat, which means that ball was flying more than it does earlier on in the season due to the colder weather granted it is LA so it's not like it's cold all of the time um but it, it's still it, it, it gets it, to be a nice breeze at yeah night. it does matter at these games uh yeah that breeze in from Dodger Stadium at night can get cold and can blow in uh pretty decently so I I'm kind of waiting to see guys get going as we know offense around baseball has been slow in general uh we know which we will talk about in a few minutes baseball's got a little bit of a sticky situation on their hands which might improve the offense if they get to it so who knows what we're going to see from this offense all I know is I would like to see it get a little bit better because uh these games are not a ton of fun to watch right now uh which moves us on to Saturday's game which was Kershaw versus Morton and Dodgers took the loss in this one six to four this was not a good start from Kershaw for the most part uh really just one bad inning unfortunately it was more than enough for the Braves to get it done he goes six innings and gives up eight hits five runs five earned one walk nine strikeouts on 95 pitches and this was actually the first time he gave up five or more runs in consecutive outings uh in a decade so 
what we're seeing from Kershaw right now is not what we are used to seeing in his career. He's thrown over 24. This, this stat to me is insane in his career. He has thrown over 2,400 innings and he's allowed five plus runs in six of them in six innings of his entire 2,400 career innings. So that to me blows my mind. Like that just shows you how much of an anomaly this is for Kershaw. Uh, He does not give up stuff like this this. is where one of my kind of hot takes kind of comes in because like all right let's you know i I see the game differently than a lot of people um the results obviously weren't there but i i don't think he was that bad honestly i i do credit the the braves offense a lot um there were some times where he misses spots but every pitcher misses spots um usually it it works out for them where the batter doesn't do anything but this time the batters you know, they were able to put the ball in play. So there were a few at-bats where Kershaw didn't get the slider in enough, but for the most part, there were a ton of swing and misses. You mentioned he had nine strikeouts. Um, so again, the results weren't there, but for me personally, I was fine with the way his start went. Um, obviously, it wasn't happy with the, the end result of them losing, but as far as the pitches go, um, yeah, I was I was good with it. I, I wasn't like, got, like the last start Kershaw had, I was like, damn it, Kershaw, but this time I was like, you know what? You just got to give credit where credit's due. I, I thought he pitched fine, honestly. It, it, yeah, and like I said, it was really only the one bad inning. That was it. Um, he gave up eight hits, and they had one, two, three, four of those, five of those hits all in the bottom of the third. So it was really just the one bad inning, and it's honestly like when you look at the Braves lineup, that's exactly what you expect them to do. Like that is a good hitting lineup. So it's not like he came and gave this up to right. some. They're not playing well, but you, you have to imagine they're going to get it going at some point. They're they're way too good not to like, maybe they end up like the nationals where they start struggling and then catch fire at some point. Yeah. Um, but that was, I, I mean, again, Dodgers really did the same thing. Only had one inning and uh, one, gr- one good inning. And unfortunately that was just not enough for them. Uh, we saw Bellinger steal his first base of the season in the top of the fourth. And then Beatty still doing his thing. RBI base hit uh, Lux loaded the bases with the base hit. And then unfortunately Zach McKinstry, while he did drive home a run hit into a double play. So that was rough. And then we saw Barnes reached on the throwing air from Swanson. Uh, I definitely thought like his ankle was about to fall off when they replayed that. <laughs> and I don't know how he continued pitching or catching, but I guess when you have Kershaw on the mound, like Kershaw probably would have killed Barnes if he had left that game. So uh, Barnes definitely had to suck it up and keep playing on that yeah. rolled ankle because uh, I don't think Kershaw, Kershaw would have been like, bro, we will put your ankle in a cast like that. I don't think he was about to have Smith catch that game, especially after he had already yeah, given no. up the five runs. Uh, in the not a chance. So not a great game there. Uh, yeah, Trinan, uh, Trinan was, yeah, was, yep. I was going to say Trinan was bad. <laughs> he gave another run. Uh, uh, well, here's the thing. Okay, so he gave up the home run to lead off the inning to Almonte, who apparently can hit all of a sudden. But then again, I checked, I looked, I was looking at like, some minor league stats, and Almonte in the minor leagues was killing it. So I don't know, maybe he is a good hitter. Or, I, I have no idea. But so then he just he couldn't find the strike zone to save his life. Uh, but thank goodness that Albies and Riley were just swinging at what the hell ever they were swinging at because some of these pitches weren't close. They weren't even mirroring strikes. Um, they just were balls from jump and they were swinging at it. So that's the reason why he got out of the inning the way he did. Uh, the one positive about the game is Phil Bickford. Uh, he's continued to be very impressive. Um, he only throws 94 miles an hour, but like Josiah Gray, he has like late life on his fastball and batters just swing through it. So uh, really happy with what uh, Bickford has, has given us. Um, this is like totally a different team, different game, but you mentioned, uh, the strike calls and that what they were swinging at. And I just have to ask, like, did either of you see that strike called three to Odor on Sunday night baseball? Cause that was, Oh my God. I don't know how Boone does not get thrown out of the game. That was maybe one of the that worst was calls. Roberts. That was he, one of, it was insane. Yeah. It was I like, Boone is uh, actually like, actually been really bad with umpires like and it's weird like years. he usually fights but like that usually, one yeah. he didn't do anything like they the umps were tossed oh my god that was one of the worst calls i've ever seen in baseball like i i literally watched it and i just sat there like with my mouth open like if i was a yankee and then they go and lose in extras after <laughs> after the ump takes the bat out of odor's hand totally off base but it was wild and twitter was blowing up after it happened so i had to bring that up umpires um, are gonna umpire right yeah when jeff passing tweets gtfo to 
oh the, yeah a pitch it, yeah that. he was yeah like everybody was pissed that thing was like a good six to eight inches off the plate and like never even touched those it was crazy um but on to well, our who was it because i don't want the Dodgers to have him behind the plate i don't know who it was however they i will say that the announcers because i was i was listening to the game on my drive um I think the announcers were like that umpire knows he's wrong. Cause like he didn't even toss anybody. It was literally bill Miller at second base, tossing the guys yelling at him because like the home plate umpire would not even look over towards the Yankees dugout. Like, I think he knew as soon as he made the call, like I fucked up, that was a really bad call. Um, but yeah, I don't know who it was. I feel like Ray might be looking into it. So uh, he will let us yeah. know once he so, pulls uh, that up. Back to, the, back to the game, the offense ended that game, the Saturday game, one for 20. Um, but the, like I mentioned, the offense just wasn't good all weekend. Like, I think they example, had two extra base hits between Saturday and Sunday, which is disgusting. For, for example, Gabe Morales, Gabe, Gabe Morales is Gabe his, Morales. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Not a, well, not a name. I know that much. And that's no, usually so that's what you want thing. as an umpire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll keep an eye. If he, if he makes his way to LA, we'll keep an eye out for him. But, uh, yeah, so, no yeah, the, offense. I, I wanted to say that the offense was bad in, the whole weekend, the most the player with the most hits was two, and that was basically the whole damn lineup. Uh, Best was two for twelve, Turner two for eleven, uh, Muncy was hurt, so we can't really count that. But he was zero for three in his limited time. Belly two for eleven, Taylor two for eleven, Smith one for nine, Lux two for ten, Pollock two for nine. Um, so just not great all around from our start. Two hundred batting averages. A if, bunch if, of if they're lucky. Yeah, not great uh yeah no not at all um and then i mean it was the same thing sunday it's really not like sunday's game was any about any bower whoa sunday's game was any better uh bower went six innings pitch six hits three runs three earned four walks seven strikeouts on 100 pitches i thought this was funny not because like obviously i want to win but i thought it was funny that after his last outing bower said he wanted to stop giving up so many runs on the home run and then he goes up and gives up three on that none of them are home runs like all just base hits doubles or walks and it's like okay well how about we just don't give up runs at all like home runs or runs like let's just instead of saying i don't want to give up home runs like let's just not give up runs because here's here's the thing uh again i actually thought barrel was fine i thought he was good this game um so he he gave i think it was a walk and then he threw a fastball over the plate to obbies who doubled in freeman so that obviously was uh his mistake um, in the sixth inning, he lost command of his cutter, but he kept trying to throw it again, his mistake. So then he, it was like, what, first and second, and then he threw a cutter up in the zone. And uh, the, who was it? Adrianza. Oh, yeah, it might have been Inciarte, who got a base hit up the middle to score the third run. Um, but before that, my thing is you were throwing a bunch of sliders and curveballs they weren't hitting so why not continue that um so that was my only real thing is i thought you pitched really good you were um inefficient again but you usually do well in your inefficiency so i was like oh yeah he's back to being inefficient we're gonna get a great outing um two big mistakes that's really it um the one the double to almonte was where he wanted to throw it almonte just did a good job of barreling it up. So you got to credit Amate there. But other than that, I thought I thought Bauer was fine. But when he's – like he did this in, in Colorado. He's doing nothing but cutters. Colorado couldn't touch it. He goes back out there, was the seventh inning, starts throwing other things, and then Colorado starts teeing off. So it's like maybe stick to what was working. So like your slider was working, throw your slider. Um, that was really my only thing for, for this game. Yeah, so it it wasn't like he was horrible. Uh, we're going to get a little bit deeper into his start, but really quickly, uh, Pujols had that home run in the ninth, which was his career 671, which passes Bonds for the fourth all-time total bases list with 5,980. So congratulations to Pujols. Every time like we've talked about extra base hit or a home run, well, same thing, but whether he hits a double or a home run, it seems like there's a new record or something being broken every time he, he does that. Passed Bonds total bases, didn't he? Yeah, that's, yeah, fourth all-time. 
uh, with 5,980. So that's insane. Um, he's doing it. He's, he's, he hasn't, I'm not going to like sit here and pretend like he's been fantastic in LA, but he's certainly holding his own and like making it worth like having the roster spot, especially when you look at what he's doing compared to what guys like noisy Peters and Rayleigh and all of them are doing. Um, so it's, it's, it's been working so far. Yeah, it's been working so far. And uh, anytime that dude has to run the bases, I think the fan base has a good time with it. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's working so far. But uh, I will say the most impressive thing about that game was Nate Jones blowing fastballs by Acuna Jr. Because Acuna murders fastballs. And that man threw 96-97 right down the dick. And Acuna was swinging and missing. So I thought it was, a, it was a bold strategy, but... Yeah, obviously it paid that's off, the team so. he came from wasn't it he came yeah. from the braves yeah he might so. have been a little like so no. he's like here you go i'm just gonna shove it up you guys and that's what you get for uh for for letting him go but i don't know if you saw too with acuna bauer struck him out with one eye one closed. Eye, yeah uh and that was something he said he would do on his blog before the season so he was very proud of himself that he got acuna which is like super ballsy because it is acuna so uh, I think they kind of bantered with each other back and forth over the last year when uh, they played in the playoffs or something, something like that. And he, Bauer and Acuna were giving each other shit and Bauer said he would get him and he did. Um, but since we are on Bauer, I kind of feel like there's a little bit more here to discuss because it's been talked about all around baseball and Bauer actually spoke about it on his uh his outing after Sunday's game today's Tuesday. Wow. I almost said yesterday. So, uh, Ray, because this is usually MLB news, do you want to explain what's going on with the sticky substance? And then Kona and I'll kind of jump into how that relates to Bauer a little bit. Yeah. So Buster only this week reported that MLB is planning to start actually cracking down on sticky stuff, pine tar and you know, the glue that guys are using starting June 14th, even though they said they were going to do this to start the season. Uh, there will be random and frequent testing throughout the game. They say eight to 10 times per game. They're not checking balls. They're going to check like where guys will hide stickies of hats, belts, gloves, and stuff like that. So it's going to be when pitchers leave uh, the mound at always after an outing and sometimes uh, most half innings. They say starters usually twice per game. Uh, they are threatening eight to 10 game suspensions for potential violators. And also the story that I read mentioned that position players are also be checked, but they will be warned more so than suspended, which I, I mean, we've talked about this before. They are technically allowed to have pine tar, or at least nobody cares. That's why so, they have the rosin bag, like literally yeah. on the mound. Yeah. So uh, suppose a crackdown starting next Monday, we'll see what happens. People are saying that Garrett Cole and Trevor Bowers lowered spin rates from their last starts are somewhat evidence that they have been using sticky stuff and that MLB is actually serious about this. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And so that relates to Bauer because we've heard Bauer, everyone knows that Bauer has been talking about this for years now um, and how he's been pushing against this. And basically that's why he started using it. He's pretty much come out and said, I use it without blatantly saying I use it. His numbers prove it, everything. Um, To give you guys an idea, if you, RPM on the ball is how much it moves. The more it moves, the harder it is to hit. Bauer's fastball in his first start since MLB decided they were going to crack down on this was down 223 RPMs average uh, from his season, which is insane because when Bauer did a YouTube video on this a few years ago, he admittedly said himself, you cannot improve your spin rate like that unless you were using a substance. Um, After the game, Jorge Castillo asked Trevor Bauer if his spin rate drop was related to sticky stuff. And Bauer said, I don't know, hot, humid day in Atlanta. I just want to compete on a plane, on a fair playing field. I'll say it again. That's been the point this entire time. Let everyone compete on a a fair playing field. And then they had, because his uh, spin rate was kind of linked to foreign substance. He said, I've made a lot of public comments. If you want to go research it and make your own decision, go for it. They also asked him, hey, do you think you're going to be able to be the pitcher the Dodgers paid you for? And he pretty much admitted to cheating right here when he said, if you go look at my numbers in 2018, you'll see what I'm capable of doing. So he 
kind of blatantly has admitted he's cheating because I don't think he cares because I think this is widespread a cheating thing that all of baseball is doing now whether you're using rosin and pine tar which apparently only gives you like 30 to 50 rpm and then you start using other stuff like spider tack which is competition <laughs> it's for world have uh, world's strongest man it's competition like grade pretty much cement uh to I've looked it up on Amazon and to sell it their, their promo picture is a guy of his hand glued to a cinder block holding it up because that's how much they want to prove that this stuff helps. Uh, players have said it sounds like their skin being ripped off. Like when you rip a bandaid off, that's how it sounds when the pitcher lets go of the ball. They are finding particles of skin on the ball. They are finding seams ripped out of the ball because the glue is so sticky. Um, it's also made me think, is this why players throw the ball into the crowd so often? Why would you ever want to hand a ball to the umpire? You don't want them to see what's on those balls. Um, I was also listening to the Chris Rose rotation and I can't remember who it was. It might've been Stephen Brault, uh, or Trevor May. One of uh, his Tre Trevor Williams, I believe was Stephen Brault. I think I know what you're about to talk about. He had yeah. said something about how he's gotten balls thrown in whoever, whichever pitcher it was said he had balls thrown into him from the outfield, from the infield, and they had pine tar on them, or he would pitch a ball. It would hit the player's bat. It would come in and the ball had pine tar on it because of where the player had pine tar on their bat. And so it runs into this whole system of like, well, wait, where did that pine tar come from? So like you said, they mentioned they want to start checking guys. Um, I don't have a problem with checking guys. However, here's my issue with all of this. It has to be equal across the board. If we leave it up to umpire discretion, you are allowing umpires to decide which players they want to go after, which players they want to kind of go at. And I'm very worried that this is going to turn into like MLB making an example out of the Dodgers because Trevor Bauer is on our team. And that's like the one thing that I'm like, you know what? I'm not okay with that because this is a widespread issue through baseball. If you're going to lock down and do checks, it needs to be done fairly across the entire league. Um, Konu, I know you're a little pissed off about this starting in the middle of the season. Uh, I, I don't think MLB ever does anything about this. If the public outrage did not blow up, they don't ever seem to give a shit about anything like this until it crosses that line and players and managers and other people start talking about it. Um, but it's kind of just a weird place in baseball right now. Uh, I'm so, not, yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah. So it's like, since this whole crackdown thing or whatever they came out with, um, I saw a lot of fans saying it's interesting that Bauer, Cole, and Giolito all suck now or their spin rates are down. And their spin rates did go down. Uh, Cole was bad. Giolito gave up four runs and in seven innings to three home runs to the Tigers. Um, I already mentioned how I felt about Bauer. Um, but like you mentioned, Bauer's been saying this for four or five years now about Cole, the Astros, and everybody else. And LB did nothing about it. Um, so he pretty much said, I'm just going to join in the party, whatever now. And now all of a sudden there's a crackdown about it. I'm not sure why they just don't wait till the end of the year where you guys can have meetings to set up like legal stuff and illegal stuff and things like that. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I do agree so, though. And I think you and I, tell me if I'm right or wrong here. You and I are on the same page that we think they should legalize a combination of pine tar, rosin, sunscreen, and then go after everything else. Correct? That, yeah, that seems okay. fair to me. Or, I mean, whatever it feels best, whatever is best for the hitters, pitchers, come, come to some kind of agreement. Um, obviously, the hitters probably don't like it because they can't hit the ball to save their lives. Uh, but maybe this crackdown will get the offenses up like the MB ones because the dead and ball – hasn't helped them any, uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, like you like you mentioned, the reporter asked if Bauer's gonna live to the forty million. Um, probably not. But even with the sticky stuff, was he forty millions? Forty million dollars. The only pitcher worth forty million dollars, in my opinion, is Jacob Degrom. So he wasn't really gonna lose to that anyway. So that really doesn't matter. I mean, um, he said he said <laughs> to look at his twenty eighteen. His twenty eighteen was hell good. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, like, let's be honest here. It's going to be most of the guys kind of are not going to live up to what any, I mean, no. Jesus Christ, at least we did not get Garrett Cole because if that dude is what he was before he went to the Astros and started using that sticky substance that he got from the angels clubhouse, like imagine us signing Garrett Cole to that contract and now being like, holy shit, you're Pittsburgh Cole again. Like, no, thank yeah. you. We're stuck with you for what seven eight years yeah. instead of two i will gladly take the two years of a bad bauer than seven years of a bad cold um 
but uh, he said, look at his 2018, his 2018 was good. Um, and then he said, I think at the end of 2018, he said that he can get um, 400 RPM on his pitches, like his spin, if he used the sticky stuff. And sure enough, in 2019, his RPM went up by 400. So clearly, I mean, he knows what he's talking about. He's, he's like you said, he's blatantly, without blatantly saying that he's been doing it. We all know he's been doing it. But then, so if like 95, if not 100% of pitchers are doing it. So again, is he going to be worth that 40 million? Probably not. Um, but it's not my money, so I really don't care. Um, as long as he can be 2018 Bauer, first half 2019 Bauer, or second half 2017. If there's a combination of good things and his ERA is between 2.75, I'll gladly take that. Um, so it, it is what it is, honestly. I, I don't know. It's just dumb. I just don't know why they just can't wait till the end of the year. Yeah, I think they just, they screwed everything up by coming out at the beginning of the season saying, hey, we're going to test for this, but yet never actually following up with like, hey, we're going to bust people. We're not going to bust people. This is like, they just kept it all very quiet. So that way they could kind of adjust it as they saw fit. Um, I am going to say this right now. I don't want to throw any specific names under the bus. So you can feel free to do research because at the end of the day, like I am a homer, this team is my team. Um, Bauer's not the only one on the Dodgers. So if you have any interest in taking a look at spin rates, uh, I'm sorry to break the news to you, but your favorite pitcher is probably cheating because that's exactly how it looked after this weekend. And I will be looking at every pitcher uh, who comes in to see these new things right. because there is a drop all over baseball and it is not just Trevor Bauer on the Dodgers. I can promise you guys that right and now. Um, like, let's, let's shit. So, and again, like here's other things. Garrett Cole was pretty average to below average on the Pirates. He goes to the Astros and becomes second to only Jacob deGrom as well, far as pitching Remember goes. when Verlander was on his downhill? And then Verlander was Houston? on his way out of the league. And then he goes to Houston and all of a sudden his fastball is back at 97, 98 and nobody could hit him. And, um, there's video of you Darvish putting stuff in his gloves. So, I mean, honestly, it's going to be a lot of people. So you guys can save your haha Bauer, blah, blah, blah. Cause I'll tell you what, it's going to be a dark day for a lot of you people. Cause like, like you mentioned, a lot of your favorite pitchers probably are using sticky stuff too. So. Yeah. I, uh, I, I love Giolito, but I mean, he's, probably, he's definitely using too. So whatever. Yeah, I went through a little bit of a existential, however you say that word, crisis this weekend when I was looking through spin rates and I like my heart broke. I'm like, oh God, we really are doing this just as much as everyone else. So uh, nobody's yeah. on a high horse. Just remember that. Because no. my one thing is, is I'm all for people shitting on Bauer, but if you're going to shit on Bauer, you better shit on the other players for doing the That's same exact thing. That's my only thing too. Because um, every time this comes up, it's always, oh, Bauer, Bauer, Bauer. And I'm just like, I feel like there's other people you are forgetting. Bauer absolutely made oh, himself I mean, a target. Uh, so that's he, fine. Yeah, it is. But, but, but let's I mean, acknowledge like, that it's much bigger than Bauer. Uh, yes. At the end of the day, that's where the that's where the problem lies. Uh, and anyone who pays close enough attention, like I feel like any Dodger fan who watches more than just like kind of the outside of what goes on at the game knows that the Dodgers were a hundred percent paying Bauer for his sticky stuff, not just because he's a pitcher. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they were getting into. Nick Castellanos, again, was on the Rick, or Chris, Ro Chris Rose Rotation podcast, came on, and I guarantee he's talking about Bauer, but he came on his podcast and said, I had teammates, I will not name them because I'm not busting anyone, that would come up to me, have a ball, put their hand completely flat and say, Nick, try and hit the ball off my hand, and that shit was sticking like Spider-Man. Like, Nick could not knock it off their fingers. Um so that just gives you an idea of how intense this stuff is. It's also a huge thing going across baseball. Uh, Castellanos cracked me up. I love that dude. He just has great answers for everything. He literally said, sticky shit or no sticky shit. I'm out there and I'm going to crush your shit. So deal with it. Um, I love and it. he is. Yeah, and he is. Uh, dude's hitting so like 360. Yeah, those two are hitting like 340, 360 two months into the season. I do not understand it. I don't get it, but uh, good for them. Um, so yeah, baseball's got a sticky substance problem and they, guess what? It's been a problem for, since the sport's been a thing, uh, now that they want to do something about it. I just, I don't know how I feel about it happening two months into the season as well as like, Hey, this is going to be put in the umpire's hands. If you want to do checks every game, go for it. I would just like for it to be uh, fair on both ends because I kind of feel like as soon as Bauer signed with the Dodgers, we kind of became a target because of all of this. Um, 
And if you're going to make an example out of guys, that's cool. But like, it just doesn't need to be just the Dodgers because those are the yeah. names I'm seeing a lot uh, pop up on Twitter that everyone's talking about. Uh, which players RPMs dropped in so much. And of course, everyone in the world was waiting for Bauer to pitch on Sunday so they could see whether or not his was down. Um, so I, I've had some graphics sent to me by some people about some other Dodgers and their spin rate between 20, 20 and 21. And uh, it's something else. Let me just tell you that. They're they're all uh, very close with Bauer, I guess is one way to put it. But um, that's really it for Sunday's game. We had nothing else on Monday. Did you want to touch anything onto the, the games or can I head on the games? To the... No, this is, Oh, I was just going to talk about um, what I was seeing from or lack of seeing from the hitters, but go for yeah, go for uh, it. Cause okay. I'm going to get into in injury updates. Okay. So um, like I mentioned last week, Belly is not getting his hands in position. I mean, he, he's still not doing it, but it might be just a timing thing right now. And he hasn't, really uh, tied up anything. Uh, I Honestly, I, I can't figure out what's going on with Turner. Um, I'm not expecting him to hit 400, but he's better hitter than what he's shown. Like he's had two games where he looks like he's coming out of it. And then he goes through three or four games where it looks like he's not doing anything. So he had two hits this weekend, both on uh, Sunday. Um, is that going to get him going? I, I have no idea, honestly. Um, I. Will Smith, too, swinging through a lot of fastballs and chasing more than I, I've seen. He usually is the person that doesn't chase all that much. but um, So it might be just a tough time for uh, the hitters right now. Um, Lux, the pitchers have effectively stopped throwing him fastballs. Um, he got fastballs in game one versus the Cars, versus the Cardinals. Uh, Flaherty threw him a fastball, and De Leon threw him a fastball, and he smoked both of those for home runs. Um the other games, they're effectively just throwing him breaking balls. So, and the Braves really did a good job of just throwing him breaking balls. Uh, I think he might have saw two or three fastballs that entire series. Uh, some of them were balls. I think one of them was by Morton, who threw a fastball in and he singled to right field. So, my thing with him is um, probably should probably go up there and start looking for breaking balls because I don't think you're going to see any fastballs because it's clear you can hit those and you can't hit the breaking balls. Um, so that's one thing. Also, I know a lot of people were asking for him to hit for more power. They were asking, where's the power? Where's the power? Where's the power? I, on the other hand, like I said, in spring training, I, I don't care if he's not hitting for power. I like him getting hits. Um, if he's not hitting home runs or doubles, him getting a base hit to left center to drive in and run works just fine for me. Uh, so I like, think we he, need to start crediting players with that a little bit more. Uh, I think we need to stop fantasizing over all these players that hit 40, 50 home runs and hit like 260. Uh, I think we need to start getting credit to guys a little bit more who are making more consistent contact and getting on base. Because so, um, so, so like players like Brantley McNeil and pre Brewers Yelich, they weren't, they don't hit 20, 30 home runs. They hit, 290, 300, their OPS isn't over a uh, thousand. It's not over 900. It's probably somewhere in the 800s. Is that like a superstar all-star? No, but it's a solid dependable player. And we have plenty of players who can hit for power. So if he just wants to go back to spring training or that beginning of May where he wasn't hitting for power, because right now it looks like his swing, he's trying to hit the ball or trying to drive the ball. And there's nothing wrong with that, but also him just kind of getting back to just focusing on base hits I think that is what's going to work best for him because he's got a lot of speed and it's not being used right now. There are times where we see it where like there's a butt back to the pitcher and he scores or a pass ball goes right back to the catcher and he still scores. So him using his speed puts a lot of pressure on defenses. So I need him just to, to get on base. So right now they're not giving you fastballs. You spit on every single one of those breaking balls unless it's in the zone and just take a damn walk, steal a base, and hopefully somebody drive you in. That's your best shot right now. So I'm sure he's trying to work on it. It's only been like a small sample size of games, but that's just something I'm looking for now. And also, I, again, I don't care for the power. I, I would rather him really just hit singles and sometimes doubles and maybe run into one every now and then. So you mentioned really quickly, because this is something I've been thinking a lot about recently. You said spit on the spit on off speed, look for your pitch. I have gone into this idea of like, 
we keep telling batters, learn how to hit a breaking foot, breaking or a back foot slider, whatever the hell it is. And we all know Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger for their life could not hit those back foot sliders. It's a disaster to watch every time they swing the bat. I have come to the conclusion after listening to the Section 10 podcast, which is uh, the Boston Barstool, whatever, and they had brought on one of their old GMs, and it was the guy who signed Manny Ramirez. And he told the story about Manny Ramirez, and since he told it, I have not been able to stop thinking about it. Manny Ramirez never knew the count. He did not know <laughs> how many balls. He did not know how many strikes there were. This is what the GM, the former GM said. <laughs> he said that Manny Ramirez went into his at bats looking for one pitch. If he got that pitch, he swung. If he did not, he did not swing. And look at what Manny Ramirez did in his career as a big leaguer. We are constantly telling guys like, learn how to beat the ship, learn how to do this, learn how to do that. And it's like, no, pitchers are too good. Like I'm kind of of the idea of look for your pitch, especially with how bad umpires are nowadays. Like we're getting strikes that are called balls, balls being called strikes. Like, Look for your pitch and quit giving these pitchers the opportunity to go, well, I need to learn how to hit this pitch. No, you don't. It's too hard. There's a reason why you can't hit that pitch. And I know maybe this is like a totally wrong way to think about it, but I am very fascinated by the idea of a pitcher ever since that whole Manny Ramirez thing. Sorry, not a pitcher of a batter going out there and going, I don't care what the count is. If I get a fastball in this zone, this zone, this zone, whether it's a four seam, whatever type of fastball it is, like, it's not just like, you can't just pick a four seam and go, I'm hitting a four seam, like any type of fastball pitch. If it hits these zones, I am swinging. If it is not a fastball, I'm not even attempting to swing my bat because a lot of times you see the weak ground balls the pop-ups or just whatever the case, like a lot of times they're not, there are some guys who hit that stuff really well. Um, like Raphael Devers, it is so weird what that dude is doing. He can't hit a fastball to save his life, but he's leading baseball in like a couple, like these, like his OPS is like over a thousand and it's just on breaking balls. Like it's insane. Some guys can hit that. Some guys can't. So you got to kind of work with what you can do and what you can't do and stop. Like every player doesn't have to be, I can hit every pitch everywhere. Like some players just need to find what they're good at and stick to it and run with it. And if that means Lux is staring at curveballs, he has no shot at swing at hitting, but waits for his fastball, I'd be okay with him taking that strikeout instead of getting them though. He got three like all weekend. So he's not even getting fastballs anymore. They're just throwing sliders and curveballs. So my thing is don't even look for the fastball. Look for slider or curve in the zone. Yeah. And if you if you find one in your swing path where you know you feel good about it, then swing it. If not spit on it and if you do so just look for the breaking stuff but if you do come across a fastball and it's in the zone who cares if you swing late guess what there's nobody on the left side of the field anyway probably hit that shit over there if you swing late and it goes for a base hit in the left field or down the left field line you got a double yeah um i will say at the end of the day baseball is incredibly hard so like it's oh, so, so difficult it's, it's so right, easy to sit understand. here on the yeah. mic to be like hey do this do this do this and you'll be good but Absolutely. like it, it's it's hard as hell because, so <laughs> so acuna was murdering fastballs and like I, I read an article saying that he's spitting on every breaking ball and just picking out fastballs now he's not well, getting least, fastballs is he he's not really getting any fastballs so they're just throwing breaking stuff and now he's got a Got to try to figure that out. Adjust, I mean, Jones yeah. did blow him away with fastballs, but for the most part, Bauer was throwing him sliders, and Kershaw was throwing him sliders, and Urias was throwing him slurves. So, yeah, and then that's where my theory doesn't work because if they're not throwing yeah. you anything but the one pitch you can't hit, you're screwed. So you do have to make some adjustments. But again, at the end of the day, I'm not going to pretend like I have any shot at ever being able. These guys are freak Absolutely athletes, not. and they're they're damn Absolutely good. Not. Uh, but and if there's something I noticed and they've probably noticed it too, and they're probably working on it. It's, I'm just saying for you guys. So you guys yeah. have an idea of what is happening. Yeah. So, um, hopefully they're not playing any good teams starting today and really <laughs> for the next week or so. I mean, I don't know how good I would but consider these are the, the teams Phillies. that usually are going to be like, okay, now we're going to remember how to play baseball all of a sudden. So it'll probably be some close games where we're just like, are you, are you kidding me right now? We're used to the Dodgers winning though. So maybe like, cause they're going through one of these weird slumps. This will be one of the times they're like actually beat the shit out of teams. They should, we'll see. Not going to get my hopes up, but let's get into the injury updates really quickly. And then we'll look into the series. A look ahead. Seager made the trip with the team to Atlanta and is limited to one hand swings, core work and playing some catch. Roberts is not ready to guess when he'll be back progressing as expected with no problems and he has been able to squeeze a bat and throw for a few days now uh that happened what at the beginning of may like a few days into may so we're about three 
three-ish weeks maybe into this injury now, three, four weeks into Seager's injury. So uh, we really should start to see some decent updates in the next one to two weeks based on the original timeline they gave us. Um, so that would be good news once we can get him back in there. Tony Gonsolin is back with the team and he is uh, officially getting the start tomorrow. They actually just announced that on Twitter. So Catman will be making his 2021 season debut and Gratterall was reinstated from the aisle and on Friday and was optioned to OKC. He was sent to OKC to work on the command of his sinker and the correct shape of his slider. As Robert said, they just aren't looking the same as they were last year. So once he gets that back and going, that'll be another boost to the bullpen. Um, might be a while though. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know what the fact he's even throwing the ball after forearm yeah. tightness or whatever the hell it is. I'm just glad he's even out there. Cause I, that was not looking good when that injury first came out. Um, as for the series look ahead, this should be an easy, like I said, next handful of days, we'll see what happens. Uh, today we've got Bueller versus Brubaker against the pirates and the next two against the pirates. We got Gonsolin tomorrow versus Anderson, who has a 4.67 ERA. And then Thursday, early game, it's at like 9.30 a.m., which sucks. Uh, Urias versus Keller with a 6.65 ERA. The MLB app does not tell me, so I just did this based on where these starters are. But Friday in Texas, we should get Kershaw on the mound. I did not look at the Rangers. I don't care enough about them. I'm sorry. Saturday versus the Rangers, we should have Bauer. And Sunday versus the Rangers, we should have Bueller. And then Gonsolin should open it up Monday against the Phillies. And that Tuesday, I believe, is the first game the Dodgers today, actually a week from today, is the first game the Dodgers will be going full capacity. And I am back in California and I am doing everything I can to be at that game because I want to be there, hopefully, with close to 55,000 people uh, for what I'm hoping is the first sellout of the season so with that very quickly we've got including today's game one two three four five six seven games so a full week of games ahead of us until we next record uh it should i mean if we're being realistic this should be seven straight wins the way the dodgers have been playing i won't say that if we could take two out of three against the pirates and same thing two out of three against the rangers uh, I don't see the Phillies being too much of a problem, really. They're kind of a weird team right now. They're sometimes good, sometimes not, kind of like us. Um, but I'm going to go with two, four, five. So I'm going to go with five and two. I know it's a little optimistic the way they've been playing, but these are some really shitty teams. The Rangers have been no hit uh, twice this season. So with Kershaw, Bauer, and Bueller on the mound in L.A., uh, who knows? Maybe we could, that'd be cool if like the Rangers were no hit for the third time this season, but I'm going to go yeah. with five and two. I don't know where you're at on this. Uh, Six and one. Okay. We got to, we got to, we got to keep this going. Time to step it up. It's time to be, be a little more positive. I haven't been positive the last two weeks and they haven't. Last been time good. we were positive, they were really good. So yeah. So they're, they're, they're doing six and one and we're going to get this thing rolling. Oh, yeah. It's time. It's time. Catman getting back in there. Hopefully be a good boost, huge boost to the bullpen. Uh, don't know I mean, quite yet. Tyler Anderson isn't is. good, but he's a lefty and he throws soft shit. So it's going to be a little difficult for the first few innings, I, I would assume. But after that, they should start rocking him. Yeah. Uh, and update. They said Seager's right hand is actually healing quicker than expected. So that is great news. Max Muncy, as we all know, uh, that was a rolled ankle, right? That happened yeah. to be the game I wasn't watching, rolled ankle. Uh, so he did get the start tonight, but he's not expect. Yeah, he's in the starting lineup tonight, but and he's good to play first base. However, he's getting the day off tomorrow. Um, so okay. we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. We'll see how Mookie does. I'm looking forward to him. This series would like for him to kind of start going. He was looking good that, uh, one series against okay, the so, Cardinals. Uh, I don't think his swing was actually bad against the Braves. There were a few where he was popping it up, but for the most part, I felt like his swing was fine. So I'm, I'm not, not even going to pretend him. to talk about the Braves here that much. I was getting ready to leave for California. So I was really bad about Saturday and Sunday's game. So um, I don't have a ton of analysis there. I'm not worried about him. Uh, he, you don't just like you, you don't go from being one of the best players in baseball to all of a sudden struggling without a reason for it. So he's bound to get things going again. Um, with that said, you want to lead us into the minor league minute and then we'll let Ray finish yeah, this off. So real quickly, uh, Michael Bush didn't play this week. I'm not sure where he was. I couldn't, and I couldn't find anything of why he didn't play this week, but hopefully everything's all right. Um, Cody Hodes, Hosey had his best week in the minors. Um, this previous week, he went seven for 21. That's a 333 average. He had a home run, four RBIs over the six games, a couple of doubles, had an OPS of 915. 
Um, he was one of the standouts at the alternate site last year, and um, he flashed his smooth swing and power combo in the very few spring training at-bats he had, so it's good to see him going. Um, podcast favorite Bobby Miller made one start this week going four innings. He only gave one hit, striking out four. He did hit two batters, so he's got to get his command under control, but he's been really good um, to start the season. Uh, two outings for Clayton Beater this week, um, still only going one inning in appearance. The first appearance did not go well at all. Three hits, two runs. Um, his next outing was much cleaner. He had a one, two, three inning, struck out one. He's got 13 strikeouts over his seven innings pitched this season, so that's really good. Um, but because he doesn't pitch too much, any runs is going to balloon his ERA. But I think he's looked really good despite um, his relatively high ERA, which is, I think, close to four. Um, I'm still not sure what their plan is for him, but it certainly seems like he's just going to end up being a reliever because they're just throwing him one inning. And if that's the case, he might end up being on the Dodgers sometime next year. Um, Andy Page hit 231 this week, uh, but he did hit three home runs giving him eight for the year. He drove in five this week. He had an OPS of 978. Uh, so a really good power week for uh, Page. He also showed off some speed, stealing two bases and getting a triple. So you kind of like to see that. Um, personal favorite of mine, Diego Cartaya, continues to hit. He has six hits and 14 at-bats, 429 average, three home runs of four RBIs, and an OPS of 1643. 1643. His OPS this week That's was 1643. And, and for the season so far, it's been like 1483. He, yeah, that dude's a he's stud. Killing it. Yeah. He's like, he's he's definitely going to steal whoever has the starting catcher job when it's his time. I forgot who it was. I saw it on Twitter. It might have been, I don't know. I don't want to say their name because I, I really don't remember. But he said that uh, Cartaya is going to take over um, Ruiz's position in prospect rankings after this season. He very well could. I don't think he's wrong. Yeah, I, I think, oh, yeah. He, he, I think Ruiz is doing fine. But Straight rakes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Cartaya has been, like, they've been saying he's probably the best catcher in our organization, right? Like, overall, I think that yeah. they've yeah. been, like, really on top of it. I mean, he's, what, 18? 19? He's going to be 20 at the end of the year. Jesus Christ. Jesus <laughs> Christ. So the Dodgers and their catchers, they certainly have a thing, and Cartaya is another one, exciting one to keep an eye on. Uh, Ray, you want to finish us off? I mean, I'm assuming you have some since we went over the sticky substance. So Yeah, there's some stuff. Uh, some injury updates. Evan Longoria of the Giants can be out four to six weeks with a shoulder injury after yeah. he collided with Brandon Crawford in, in a pretty scary collision. Uh, Steven Strasburg of the Nationals is back on the aisle with a neck strain. He has only made – well, he was back after three starts and left his last start with one in the third inning. So that contract looks fun for the Nationals right now. And Jack Flaherty, uh, he left his start against the Dodgers on that was Monday with oblique tightness, and he is on the aisle with what the Cardinals are calling a significant left oblique strain. In other news, Trevor Story reportedly has no intention to resign in Colorado. This is this according to Patrick Saunders <laughs> of the Denver Post. And then the response that he got from the current acting GM, or I think he's officially the GM now, was like, they didn't push back too hard on that story. They said, well, like, you can't rule anything out ever. So he can come to LA. Yeah, you can rule that out. He's gone. He can <laughs> come gone. to LA. He can come to LA and we'll put Gavin Lux at second. An interesting stat, Ryan Yarborough threw the first complete game for the Rays in five years. That is an MLB record, 731 games. He's the first Ray to throw a nine-inning complete game since Matt Andrews threw a two-hit shutout against the Oakland A's on May 14, 2016. Sheesh. And the last bit of news, the uh, USA baseball has qualified for the Olympics. Oh, yeah. Uh, with a team... That included Matt Kemp, Logan Forsythe, <laughs> Tim Federovich, and Todd Frazier, among others. Wait, this team is not the team that's going to actually face people in the Olympics, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. I'm pretty sure, yeah. If you're on the 40-man roster, I don't think you're allowed to play. No, yeah, you so... have to be a non-40-man 40, 40 yeah, player. Yeah, so it's all like... Oh, they're pro screwed. This team is ass. It's all prospects, and, uh, it's all prospects and older guys. Yeah, so... Uh, USA will have Olympic baseball. I Isn't believe... this the first time since 2008? First time since 2008, yes, uh, baseball is back in the Olympic leisure. It won't be in 2024 in Paris, but in 2028 in L.A., it is expected to be as well. Uh, Japan, South Korea, Israel, Mexico, and the U.S. are the current teams that are qualified. There's one final qualifier left to go uh, in a couple weeks. So, yeah, that's all the MLB baseball news around the country. I just wanted to quickly bring up, uh, this is not baseball news, but it is softball news, and it was 
pretty insane but uh i don't know if you guys saw what i think i think i, I hope i say her name correctly odyssey odyssey alexander odyssey, odyssey holy alexander, yeah. shit holy <laughs> shit what she's doing and what they're in the world the college world series right now right that's what this is or the tournament uh, college world series yeah that james madison actually just got eliminated by oklahoma yeah oklahoma she and freaking, florida state are starting tonight that uh, was wild okay so odyssey okay that's how you say odyssey yeah. so odyssey alexander insane uh 64 <laughs> 64 and two-thirds innings pitch, 66 strikeouts, a 2.92 ERA, and she threw 1,057 pitches. Um, and she had that diving play at home on the bunt, which was pretty insane and got brought up all over. Uh, it was all over baseball. So just thought that was cool. Um, I like that MLB is kind of jumping into that and giving those yeah. women their recognition. So. Shouting out another pitcher at at, uh, at the College World Series, Montana Fouts threw a perfect, yeah, game, perfect game on her Woo! 21st birthday, 21 up, 21 Woo! down. <laughs> That's crazy. Good for her. Good for her. I guess softball. the ECAC is pretty good too, though. So yeah. she was really killing it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because, like, you can tell, like, the strain that it does, like, softball pitchers can go so much deeper with the, the way they throw the ball. And it's insane because they're just out here, like, putting up. Like, it's hard to hit a softball. Like, that, the, how close that ball is or how close the mound is, the way that ball rises. Like, we saw videos back in the day of like Jenny Finch pitching to, I want to say it might've been pole holes, whoever it was. And like, yeah, they couldn't, even, holes, they couldn't yeah. even come yeah. close to making contact. Uh, and yeah, it, the no. ball's like almost twice the size, but uh, pretty crazy there. But uh, hopefully back to baseball, we see some better play from the Dodgers. Not maybe not necessarily better play, but maybe something's kind of bouncing in their way uh, this week. It'll be nice to see Gonsolin back on the mound. Uh, looking forward to seeing Kershaw on Friday against Texas, especially at home. I do not think we are going to see another clunker from him. Like I said, it's been a decade since we've even seen him give up that many runs. So uh, Wait, the Texas series, is it in Texas or in Los Angeles? No, it's in LA. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm praying to be at every single one of those games because I need to get <laughs> back and I'm so happy to be back. So let's get some wins. Let's uh, kind of blow it through these pirates, but let's do it every game. Not just one, please. Uh, this is a really bad team. I would like to see us go out there and treat them like the awful team. They are do the same thing. Treat them how you treated the Diamondbacks. Yep. And then do the same thing against Texas and head into Philly uh, or not into Philly against Philly in LA. But with all of that said, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in, listening. Don't forget to subscribe, share the podcast with your friends. Uh, give us your rating reviews, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think. You can find Dodger Yard. Well, yeah, you can find Dodger Yard at Dodger Yard on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, you can check out our site, dodgeryard.com. And then we have, well, I guess, never mind. I was going to say something else and I totally got confuser for a second but anyways um you can find me at randy underscore radcliffe on twitter and ig uh, you can go to allmylinks.com slash konu and find my social medias on there you can follow me at stingray417 on twitter and then as always we hope you guys have a good rest of your morning week afternoon weekend whenever you listen to this and we will catch you guys next week bye guys see you later guys <laughs>